Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Because pregnancy is a core element of the life cycle, it's easy to take for granted. A woman becomes pregnant, gestates a developing child for approximately nine months, gives birth, and then moves into motherhood. We see it all the time. But the naturalness of pregnancy can cause even mothers to overlook the inherent physical trauma that's involved. Simply put, during pregnancy and childbirth, a woman's body goes through profound changes in a relatively brief period of time, even in the healthiest of circumstances. And for women who exercise during or after pregnancy, failure to respect those changes has the potential to lead to additional problems. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, we'll hear from two physical therapists who treat pregnant and postpartum athletes, Christy Martin, who specializes in sports physical therapy, and Vicki Lukert, who specializes in pelvic health. Together they outline how pregnant and postpartum women can exercise safely and how to spot warning signs for problems that might require medical attention. Here now is our conversation with Christy Martin and Vicki Lukert. Christy and Vicki, first of all, thank you for being here. Before we dive into the topic, give me a sense of your background with these issues and what your role is as physical therapists in dealing with pregnant women or postpartum women and athletics. Christy, let's start with you first. Well, I am the head physical therapist for the UF Health Running Medicine Program. So in that group, I treat people of lots of different ages, but I do happen to see in the more recreational community more of these pregnant, and more particularly the postpartum runners that are returning to running and have gotten injured along the way. So I've been a sports therapist for five years, and I have just in the past year more recently specialized with running patients. And Vicki? I have been a physical therapist for 35 years and originally trained in New Zealand. And for the last 17 years, I have specialized in pelvic health, which has included the pre- and postpartum patients. So I've had a lot of experience with the pregnant woman and the postpartum woman, and a lot of these women happen to be athletes at the same time. So as we go through this, we're going to talk about pregnant women, we're going to talk about postpartum. Let's start with women who are pregnant. So Christy, let's talk about the basics here. When a woman gets pregnant, how is her body going to change? And we're talking about pregnant athletes, and I'm including with athletes sort of any woman who wants to be physically fit, remain active. What does she need to pay special attention to that maybe she didn't have to before she was pregnant? So most people know that, obviously, there's going to be an increase in weight as pregnancy progresses. What they might not realize is that this can increase force across the hips and the knees by as much as 100% when they're doing weight-bearing exercises, such as running. And it also changes their center of gravity, so they need to be careful as far as their balance. After the first trimester, they want to be careful when they're laying on their back because the fetus can compress on the inferior vena cava, and this can lead to decreased cardiac output, or it can basically cause them to have a drop in blood pressure when they change positions. Around the 28 to 30 mark, they have an increase in the hormone-caused relaxin, and this causes increased laxity in the joints and ligaments. So when this happens, there's also an increased risk of injury when we're looking at repetitive injuries. And then also around the five to six month mark, there's going to be an increase in the lordosis, so that's the curve in the lower part of the spine. 
and also a forward tilt of the pelvis. So sometimes women can experience increased lower back pain when this occurs. And you mentioned lower back pain there. Going through all these changes, I have to think that just a general sense of discomfort has to be there too. And and how might that affect, say, somebody's approach to fitness? So they're probably going to want to modify their activity. A lot of these women are just going to naturally realize that running might not be an option once they get to that point anymore because it's going to increase their pain. So we look at modifying the activity to maybe that they're just doing a brisk walk or another activity that's not so strenuous. They also might want to increase doing core stabilization exercises so that it's taking a little bit of the load off of the lower back. And then we might also look into something like a sacroiliac belt, which is going to help with compression of the lower back and the SI joint, the sacroiliac joint, so that helps the lower back pain as So one of the things that people feel is that back pain with the pregnant patient is normal. And it really isn't normal. I mean, it's normal for it to occur, but it's not normal for the pregnant athlete to actually have to deal with it. And that's something that the physical therapy can really take care of. Oftentimes, as Christy mentioned, that the sacroiliac becomes looser and you can actually end up with some sacroiliac dysfunction which can cause a lot of pain in the lower back. And one of the things that a good physical therapist should be able to do is to correct that alignment so that that pregnant woman stays in alignment and then to be able to teach them exercise to maintain that alignment. There is a little bit of a fallacy out there that low back pain is normal in a pregnant woman, but there is a lot of help that they can get for that from the appropriate physical therapist. And when we're talking about alignment in that scenario, are we talking about alignment in athletic activity? Are we talking about alignment when sitting? Are we talking about alignment in all cases? When I talk about the alignment, I'm really talking about symmetry, symmetry of the pelvic bones. When we look at the pelvis, it actually is what carries our weight. And if you can imagine those bones being asymmetrical, uh, think of uh, a door in a door frame that the door frame is not balanced. It's asymmetrical, then the opening and closing of the door is eventually going to cause dysfunction. And that's the same thing which happens when our sacroiliacs are out of alignment. And particularly with the pregnant patient whose ligaments are looser, that alignment is intensified. So what we do is we correct that alignment. And then, yes, as you said, then teaching the patient how to maintain that alignment, but maintaining it in, in function as well with running, with sitting, with doing their activities of daily living. But if they've got this very sharp pain in their low back, and particularly it's off to one side or the other of the sacrum, then that usually indicates the sacroiliac dysfunction. So those are kind of the physical changes that the pregnant female is going through. And then after birth, that postpartum athlete, Vicki, what physical changes is she dealing with? Well, those physical changes that have happened it can last up to four to six weeks following the delivery of the child. And, of course, if somebody has a vaginal delivery, their baby is going through the pelvic floor muscle, which is also called the Kegel muscle. So there's a lot of injury to that muscle. There can be injuries to the vaginal wall as the baby's head and the baby comes out. So you have to remember that delivering a baby is actually injuring a tissue down there. There also, if you think about the patient has a C-section, they've had surgery, so they need to follow the guidelines of the surgery. One of the also things that they need to think about as one of the changes that occurs is if they're breastfeeding, they need to think about the exercise program while they're breastfeeding. And there is a study in the British Journal of Sports Medicine about the lactic increase in lactic acid in the milk. 
So one of the things that we recommend is for the patient to actually pump the milk after they've run so that they don't get that increased acidity to the baby. The changes that occur for the postpartum is the injury during the childbirth, but also they want to think about as they're trying to increase the exercise program and get back into being an athlete again, is they have to be very careful about how they progress with the exercise program. And obviously the training prior to having the delivery, the easier it's going to be for that female athlete. Christy, so when we're talking about exercising during pregnancy, that's something that, you know, really not too long ago was something that was discouraged to some degree. So where are we now in our understanding of the benefits of exercise, you know, say versus the dangers of exercise for a pregnant woman? So the CDC, the American College of Sports Medicine, and the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology are all in agreement that 30 minutes or more of moderate intensity, so that's about the intensity of a brisk walk at three to four miles per hour on most, if not all days, is actually a great thing for pregnant women. It has several benefits, which includes improving maternal fitness, restricting weight gain from being too high, and it also doesn't compromise the fetal growth. In fact, women who exercise regularly during pregnancy tend to have leaner babies. It hastens the recovery after delivering the baby. There's good psychological benefits, and there's a decreased risk associated with having a preterm baby. And it doesn't have to just be walking, but anything in that moderate intensity level. So that can include swimming, aerobics, or stationary cycling. Weight training can also be helpful, especially with the low back pain that sometimes occurs and handling the heavier body weight. So it's been shown that about up to 30 pounds, 15 pounds in each hand, safe for a pregnant woman to continue with. And she does want to make sure that she continues to have increased rest periods and that she's not working towards muscular failure when doing weight training. So we know that exercise is beneficial to pregnant women, but are there any things that a pregnant woman needs to avoid for exercise during that period? Yes, so there are certain things that they're going to want to definitely stay clear of regardless of if pain's an issue or not. One of those things is they're not going to want to stay too long in a supine or a prone position after the first trimester. So in certain activities, such as if they're doing a row machine, they're not going to want to sit with their stomach up against a block in a machine. So they're going to want to modify the position. And same thing if they're in Pilates-type exercises, too. They might have to modify their positions and work with someone who's used to working with pregnant women to know how to modify those positions. They're also going to want to avoid contact sports that could result in trauma to the abdomen. So these include things like soccer, basketball, racket sports after 16 weeks. And along the same lines, any sports that involve a high risk of falling because, again, we don't want any trauma to the abdomen occur. They should also avoid scuba diving or training at high altitudes if they're not used to it because that puts an increased strain on the fetus. And then they also want to stay hydrated and wear loose-fitting clothing to avoid heat stress, especially if they live in a hot and humid climate. And the basic rule is basically don't exceed pre-pregnancy levels of intensity. If you weren't working out in an extreme level before, you shouldn't be working out in an extreme level now. If you weren't working out at all before, you can definitely do a moderate intensity level, but now's not the time to try and set any records. 
So Vicky had touched on a moment ago the idea that, that the fitness before pregnancy is going to have some effect. Once a woman becomes pregnant, is that a safe time to, you know, not an extreme fitness routine, but can she see, see benefits just by starting to work on a fitness routine then that can help her through her pregnancy? Oh, absolutely. Even somebody who hasn't done any kind of physical activity will benefit from increasing their physical activity while they're pregnant. They do have to think about it very carefully, though, in the fact that they need to take it easy to start off with. So they shouldn't like go into the gym and do an hour's worth of exercise. So they need to start off gradually. And this would be an appropriate time, too, to be referred to a physical therapist or somebody that could actually help them do their physical training. But being strong prior to delivering the baby is really important. And Christy's touched on the benefits of those, but particularly if we think about the muscles of the pelvic floor and also the muscles of the abdomen, if we can get those strong prior to delivery, it actually makes the delivery much easier and it also makes the recovery after delivery easier. We tend to think if we strengthen the pelvic floor muscle, that it's going to be harder for the baby to deliver, to be passed through that pelvic floor. But in actual fact, the opposite is true because the patient can learn how to contract their muscle and relax it. So it's very, very important for women, whether they be an athlete or not, to actually be doing an exercise program during pregnancy. So they exercise during the pregnancy at whatever the appropriate level is. They give birth to their child. There's so much pressure nowadays. I mean, there's all this hype sort of within the media and the sense of women sort of getting back to that pre-baby body. You hear that all the time. We see pictures of celebrities who have recovered in ridiculous amounts of time. What's the danger of women pushing too fast to get back into exercise immediately after childbirth? What are the guidelines there, Vicki, for how long they should wait before they get back into it? If you look at tissue healing, they've been through an injury, so they need to be waiting four to six weeks following the delivery. And this is not including the C-section. Because one of the things that occurs is the uterus has to get back into its original place. And if you think of those ligaments that have been stretched, and then you go out and you start running on those ligaments, you're actually causing a shearing force on those ligaments. So the uterus can have, the uterus and the bladder, when the baby is delivered, the bladder ligaments can be stretched. If we can give the body a rest to allow those ligaments to come back to their normal state, they're going to have a lot less complications later. If they think of the pelvic floor, and the pelvic floor has been injured with the passing of the baby, they're running or doing some very high-level plyometric-type activity, they're adding an extra stress onto that pelvic floor. And this is when we see prolapses later in life for them, where the uterus or the bladder or even the rectum actually falls down through the vaginal walls and through the pelvic floor and then oftentimes requires surgery after that. So it's really important for the tissue integrity to be really careful for the first four to six weeks. And there's a reason that doctors tell their patients not to have sex for six weeks, and it's the same reason. They don't want to be injuring and causing more scar tissue in that area. Also, there's a stronger chance of having more incontinence or bladder issues or bowel issues if those ligaments and the organs don't end up back in the correct place and end up too mobile from having too much activity immediately after delivering the baby. For women who are pregnant, we mentioned back pain earlier, but what are some of the other side effects that she might deal with that may affect her attempts to exercise and be fit and be an athlete? Following the delivery of the child, 
Some of the side effects that the female might experience are incontinence, and that can be a leaking of urine when they're not wanting to be urinating, or they might even have some fecal incontinence. So that can limit the person's ability and the desire to exercise. So that's one of the side effects of having the child baby. The other one is oftentimes a woman will have painful intercourse after they've delivered the baby. So painful intercourse after six weeks is not normal. And if the doctor doesn't ask about that, they should report that to the doctor and there's something that can be done about that. Sometimes the baby might have ripped some of the lining of the wall of the vagina and there might be some scar tissue. Or if they've had an episiotomy and the episiotomy is painful, then there's something that the physical therapist can actually help with that. So if somebody has a painful episiotomy, it might limit them from sitting, so doing any kind of activity in sitting, or any kind of pelvic pain might limit the person from doing any kind of physical activity. So any kind of pain after six weeks is not normal and should be addressed by the physical therapist. The other thing too is that the fatigue, having delivered the baby, so getting help with the exercise to decrease the fatigue, and also any kind of emotional, you know, there's a lot of media attention about the emotional aspect after delivering the baby and exercise can certainly make a difference with that. So those are some of the side effects that the person will have or could have in their body following the delivery of a child. So the pain is not normal. Let's go back to the incontinence one really quick. Is that something where, I mean, there seems to be this sort of sense out there among some women that, well, that's going to be an unavoidable byproduct of having a child. Is that an unavoidable byproduct? It's something that occurs, but it's actually something that can be treated and definitely make a difference. And it is not normal. Incontinence is not a normal occurrence. Unfortunately, even athletes who have not had children actually have some incontinence. And the reason for that is because they're not strengthening their pelvic floor muscle. They strengthen everything else but not their pelvic floor muscle. So incontinence is a common side effect, but it is not normal. And if they continue to have the incontinence, after four to six weeks, they definitely need to see a physical therapist and be taught how to contract their pelvic floor muscle correctly. A lot of people do not do it correctly. They do not perform the contraction correctly. And if they're not doing it correctly, they can actually increase problems as in the uterine prolapse or having a uh, where the bladder falls down into the pelvic cavity. So it's very important to be able to perform the contraction correctly and to be doing them. It's an exercise that women should be doing before they have babies, before they get pregnant, while they're pregnant, and afterwards. And it's something that they can do throughout their life right till the time that it's their time to go. So the pelvic floor is a very, very important muscle that it gets ignored by a lot of people and that should not occur. So the answer to your question, Jason, is no, it's not normal and something can be done about the incontinence, definitely. So let's keep on the sort of normal thing. Will a woman's body sort of normalize back to where she was previous to pregnancy and childbirth, obviously, or when she's past that couple-week period where she can now return to exercise, should a woman be active in doing certain exercises to help bring her back to where she was? Yes, there are certain exercises that they really need to concentrate on. One, of course, is the pelvic floor strengthening. Also, the other one is the transversus abdominis, which is one of the abdominal muscles. It's really stretched out during the pregnancy, so they really need to focus on this muscle. And it's not one of the muscles that actually gets worked unless you think about it. So being taught how to do contraction of the transversus abdominis and to be able to challenge that is really important. So also doing a lot of core strengthening 
is very important, and we do a lot of stabilization on a foam roll. We do a lot of stabilization on a Swiss ball. We do a lot of stabilization on the mat, but it's not about doing squats and jumps and activities like that. It's about challenging the body and making those small muscles of the core and the abdominal muscles and the pelvic floor muscles contract and hold the position as the person's being challenged by either on the ball, the balance on the foam roll balance, or adding weights, increasing a long arm lever so that the core has to hold on stronger. These are very important exercises. They should be incorporating in the exercise program in addition to what they're already doing as far as any aerobic or weightlifting. But once again, they really need to be thinking about doing the heavy intensity activity, waiting at least four to six weeks afterwards. After the delivery of the child, they can start immediately doing isometric, which an isometric contraction is doing a contraction of the muscle without moving. They can do isometric pelvic floor contractions. They can do isometric transversus abdominis contractions, which will actually help with their core stability and get them onto the road of being able to do more advanced core strengthening. We mentioned earlier that sense of pressure that some women may feel to get back to a pre-baby body, as the phrase goes. What are healthy expectations for women? What should she expect to be able to get back to? How long should she expect it to take? As we talked about, it takes four to six weeks for the physiological changes to return to normal. They can actually take up to one year for the abdominals, the transverses abdominis, and the pelvic floor to recover. We had talked about the fact that a person goes through an injury. So when the body has undergone injury, their whole body becomes deconditioned, and it takes time to retrain this. So just like any other orthopedic injury, they have to start slowly and work their way back. But after a year, they should be really back to where they were pre-pregnancy. They might have a little bulge in their lower abdominal area, but <laughs> basically they should be back to where they were. Christy, do you want to add to that? Sure. I'll just add in. It's very similar to when I'm working with my runners and they're getting back to running. Often I'm going to change their form. So they can't expect to be running five miles when they're starting therapy if they were running five miles before because not only do we need to work on fixing the tissue that's injured. So let's say they're coming in to see me for a patellar tendonitis. There's been changes to the tissue. We have to do exercises to get the changes in the tissue to change back to what they were normally and then we also have to work on making sure that they're activating the correct muscles when they do the activity that they're going back to. So don't expect it to be better in a week. It's going to take time, and it usually takes somewhere between four and eight weeks to really make the changes where they're back to the prior level they were before and able to do it pain-free. So, Christy, having realistic expectations is the first part, but what are the signs and symptoms that might be uh, red flags to a woman either during pregnancy or afterward that maybe they're pushing their exercise regimen a little too hard, maybe expecting a little bit too much? Well, we do have recommendations, again, from the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology on warning signs to terminate pregnancy. Those include vaginal bleeding, dyspnea prior to exertion, which basically means if you're out of breath before you start exercising, you shouldn't be exercising, dizziness, headache, chest pain, muscle weakness, preterm labor, so if you're having contractions closer than 30 minutes, that is a problem and you need to stop, calf pain or swelling, amniotic fluid leakage, or decreased fetal movement. All of those are signs that while exercising during pregnancy, you need to stop exercising and speak with your doctor. As far as after pregnancy, things that we're looking for is, as we've stated previously, 
you shouldn't be having pain. You shouldn't be having pain with your day-to-day activities, and you shouldn't be having pain with your exercise activities. Increased fatigue is very common after giving birth, not only because of going through the birthing process, but you have a crying infant at home. If you're trying to exercise but you're too tired, you're probably going to have a breakdown in the activity that you're doing and stress the incorrect structures. So don't push through the fatigue if it'd really be better for you to sleep. Also, some women are very concerned about getting back to their prior level or trying to get the weight off, and they stress out about getting their workouts in. If the exercise is actually stress-inducing as opposed to stress-reducing, then it's not going to be beneficial in the long run. So both of you see pregnant women, postpartum athletes. You have overlap in the ways that you affect these women. But, Chris, you start with you from your perspective on your side of things. When are appropriate times that a physical therapist can be brought in to help somebody? So if we're looking at the orthopedic and sports setting, usually we're going to see more of those women after they've given birth. If after six weeks they're having any pain, it's probably time to look into physical therapy. Some of the more common issues we see after birth are going to be low back and sacroiliac pain, as we mentioned before. This is usually a stable joint. It becomes unstable during pregnancy and the birthing process because of the relaxant hormone. When it is in this unstable state, it can become tweaked, and so it's not sitting in the spot it was before. This can cause increased pain. Also, we see that all of a sudden women are lifting a baby up, which they haven't been doing hundreds of times a day, so we can work on lifting mechanics as well. Carpal tunnels frequently seen in pregnant women as well. If they're continuing to have numbness in their hands after six weeks, it might also be time to seek out a physical therapist. And then also it's not uncommon to see necks, thoracic or, um, headaches or shoulder pain, and we can help with those problems as well. So that definitely shows kind of the full range of all the things that a pregnant woman might deal with and, and could potentially get help for. And then, Vicki, on your side of things, give me your perspective. We see patients with the urine incontinence, fecal incontinence, any kind of pelvic pain, and any kind of abdominal pain also. Any pain from the C-section, like the C-section scar, if the C-section scar is painful. One of my favorite quotes is a scar, a painful scar is common, not normal, so that scar can be addressed. Also, the pain with intercourse. So if they have any pain with initial penetration or deep penetration, they need to see a pelvic health therapist. One of the interesting things is that oftentimes patients who actually have pain with intercourse prior to having a baby, it can actually be improved by the delivery of the baby. But any kind of pain, any abdominal pelvic pain, any kind of incontinence, they should be seeking the pelvic health therapist. Christy Morgan, Vicki Luger, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening to this episode of Move Forward Radio. For more on pelvic health and exercise during pregnancy, find the Health Center for Women at MoveForwardPT.com. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.